Welcome to One Man's Opinion, brought to you by the Elite Fantasy, Fantasy Guru, and EliteSportsBetting.com. And now, here's your host, Jeff Manns. All right, welcome in everybody. Another episode of the podcast of Sweep of the Nation it is One Man's Opinion. Thank you, thank you, thank you one and all for downloading, subscribing, liking, favoriting, commenting on this program and this podcast. I do so appreciate each and every one of you. Uh, once again, my name is Jeff Manns. You will hear me weekday afternoons, Sirius XM Fantasy Sports Radio, Channel 87. I host a little program called Elite Sports, 4 to 6 p.m. Eastern. As I mentioned, I'm also part owner and chief content officer over at fantasyguru.com. Got everything going on over at fantasyguru.com. And lots of interesting announcements happening in the days and weeks ahead. We're approaching draft guide season. So make sure you stay tuned here on this podcast and to fantasyguru.com to find out all that exciting news over there. VIP Platinum still available. It is 50% off. So email us support at fantasyguru.com. That way they can credit you back. You can just buy it 50% off if you'd like. That is free for you to do if you're a new pe- person. But if you are a current subscriber, uh, just get you whatever you've paid, whether it's a yearly or monthly, get that credited toward your VIP Platinum and including the 50% off. So good little option for you over there. You can follow me on social media. Please do so at Jeff underscore Mans on Twitter, the Jeff Mans everywhere else, Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat, and on TikTok. All right, folks. We got a lot to talk about today, and as the title of this podcast would suggest, I am in a dynasty state of mind. And no, I'm not. Was dynasty the one where they shot Jr.? No, that was Dallas, I think. Da- Dallas dynasty, Knots Landing, all my children. I don't know. Shows my sisters and my mom used to watch when I was young. That's that's all I know about that. But I'm in a dynasty fantasy football state of mind. So we're going to spend a lot of time recapping some NFL draft, talking rookies, talking winners and losers in fantasy football with the landing places. We'll go over, review a little bit. Some of my deeper sleepers as far as my rookie rankings, they are live. You can find my top 50 overall rookie rankings at fantasyguru.com. I'll talk about some of those today. And we'll also go into the positional rankings. It's kind of my last wave, if you will, of early rankings. Because once June 1st hits, it's draft guide season. It'll be ready to go. That's best ball season. That is official fantasy football ranking season where everything comes and goes. OTAs, mini camps, training camps, preseason, We are ready to roll. So that's what we're doing today. Got a lot of that. Uh, Not much to talk about. Baseball, basketball season is in full bloom. Basketball playoffs. I'm enjoying the NBA playoffs. I hope you guys are too. It's wide open. The Eastern Conference, the Western Conference. Freaking 76. Oh, by the way, I should mention this is an uncensored podcast. I'm going to curse. I'm going to say the naughty words, the swear words. So... If you hear those, uh, you probably put the kids away, obviously, right? And sensitive eardrums. If you are a sensitive person and you don't like comments about race, religion, uh, politics, all that kind of stuff, then this isn't the show for you. 
we talk like normal people talk. We're not trying to offend anybody. It's not our intention. So put your fucking emails and tweets down. Nobody gives a shit. There's nobody here to fire me. I can't get fired. So fuck off. How about that shit? There, right to your fucking face. Fuck you. Shut up. You can't do nothing to me. There we go. Anyway, <laughs> the um, so baseball, basketball, real quick. Uh, you know, I'm hardcore in the betting side of both of those sports these days, and back on the winning side of NBA, it's slow going. You know, there's about two games per night in NBA. I've split each of the last four nights. All right, I had a clean sweep five nights ago, and that sort of started this upward trajectory after I had a miserable like seven, six, seven day losing streak and NBA still up over 20 units as I record this on the season with bets going on tonight as I record this. So hopefully by the time you're listening, this is 23, 24 units up, which would be a nice little thing. So that's going well. Baseball is so up and down, man. It's such, I've just got out of a very big heater one over 12 units in three weeks, betting on major league baseball, got out of a big hole just last night, went back down. I think I was 0-3 last night. I'm 0-2 with three bets going into tonight. This Wednesday night's action. You're likely hearing this on Thursday. So, you know, back to a little bit of a downswing here, but you know, we're grinding, we're rolling. We've got the edges that we need. It's just, we'll ride these waves and we'll get the cash flow when we we get it and we'll put it in our pocket and we'll never relinquish it. So that's sort of where I'm at with those individual sports. Keeping up with my fantasy baseball teams have been just a disaster. Um, I only really have two, two real teams that at least of the seasonal variety, uh, just injuries, 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 can't keep pitchers healthy whatsoever. It's just everything I do. I just cannot keep my pitching and my pitcher's healthy. And I'll, I'll say I'm having more, more of a problem with the bullpen arms than the starters. So that's just, it's a nightmare keeping up with that. I've said it before. I prefer the daily game. DFS baseball is really where it's at. All right. Bet on baseball, DFS on baseball. That way you don't have to fuck around and long-term hold these guys who never play. It's just a, a disaster. It's why we don't play seasonal fantasy basketball. Same reason. People don't play. They don't play every fucking game. Even with that new NBA rules, they have to play 65 to qualify. I mean, that was torture. Oh, what are they going to do? Joel Embiid to win MVP. You have to play 65 games. What a hero. Give me a break. Right? But that's, from a fantasy perspective, we have to lean into that and understand that and know that. As a matter of fact, we got into a discussion over on our fantasyguru.com Discord last week, kind of over the weekend. It started in the NBA room on a on a winning night, which was weird. Some people complaining about a losing streak and, you know, all those kinds of things. And I thought there was some good conversation. We, we bounced ideas around, and I'm glad to have been a part of it. I love when the subs do that. Members of ours ask the questions, the important questions that need to be asked. You know, and I one of the best things was somebody asked me, what would you do if you were a subscriber? Well, I, I love that question. What would I do? I would always do my own research. I don't mean I would do 12 hours of it. 
or even even an hour. I would do half hour research. I would look at the slate before I look at anybody else, before I look at social media, before I mess with any. I would look at the slate, the games, find which one appealed to me, which one I think, oh, that's interesting. This guy's out. Oh, I like this. I like this edge. I think I get an edge here. Then I would come over to fantasyguru.com, look at if any of those. Oh, I really like the uh, San Francisco Giants today. Sean Manaya is on the mound. Didn't work out well on Wednesday, but, you know, good sentiments nevertheless. I, I, you like that idea? Okay, cool. Why did you like that idea? Okay, cool. Oh, look at that. Mans likes it too. Armando Marsal likes it. Or, you know, our chat room likes the bet as well. All right, now it's to make sense. And I wouldn't finalize it there. I'd always ask a question or two. Hey, I'm thinking of betting this. I really like the Miami Heat tonight. Going to close out the series against the Knicks. Okay. I ask the panel. Ask the room. That's why we have a great community over at FantasyGuru.com. It's like, ask us what we think. We'll tell you, yeah, I lean Miami, but it's in New York. It's a closeout game. Big markets in Miami, New York. Wouldn't the NBA want it to go an extra week, an extra day at least, if not? Eh, you know, okay, may talk you out of it. Or may say, yeah, man, Knicks looked dead last game. Brunson's put together with scotch tape at this point. They've got no depth. as a manual quickly out, and this team is just – going to have to rely on Josh flipping heart. It's it's a done deal. Miami's going to roll. And there you know. Now you know what you're doing. Or in baseball, I like this. This pitcher is a big name, but he's deteriorating and the bullpen stinks. And so, yeah, I like that very much. I would ask that, and then, then I would make my bet. Also, and I've said this a lot on the SiriusXM show, you have to Start with one bet. If you're having problems and you're betting nothing but parlays, that's your problem. Your problem isn't your analysis or somebody else's analysis. It's that you're combining too many things. You can't get eight things right a day. You can't do it. Not in the, It's just not something reasonable. When you really know what you're doing and you're secure in what you're doing, all you need to do is make one bet. You don't need to bet. Well, uh, I like uh, uh, Brunson over. I like. I. Uh, uh, I guess I'll talk. Let me talk baseball. I like uh, uh, the Rangers bats. I like the uh, uh, Seattle. I like Julio Rodriguez. But I like. I also some reason I like uh, Texas pitching today. You know, or, or something else that doesn't correlate because that's what a lot of these massive parlays do. They just are non-correlated plays. So you'll like go for pitcher over on strikeouts, but also the total of the game over, which again, it can happen, but it narrows your reach, narrows your window. You know, so um, you don't need all that. Instead of saying, hey, I think that uh, a Paul Goldschmidt, Tommy Edmonds, Nolan Arenado are going to go over. I think Jordan Montgomery uh, over on strikeouts. I think the Cardinals win. Instead of doing all of those things, think about what you're saying. If you like Jordan Montgomery, Edmund, Goldschmidt, probably a bad team for me to use this example in the St. Louis Cardinals, but we'll keep with it. Just bet the fucking Cardinals to win, guy. 
That's it. That's all you have to do. You like six things in the game, bet the fucking Cardinals to win. And then bet more money. If your unit size is $10, bet 50, bet 100, right? If you, instead of doing five individual units and spreading it all out, just bet one large fucking sum. So that's that way all you need is one thing to happen. If your unit size is $100, bet 250, bet 500, bet 1,000. That's what you have to do to reach your desired payout. So there's too much of this. You're going to fucking eight, nine, 10 bets a night. And you hit four or five or six. You're perpetually just grinding. You're never going to get anywhere. Narrow your focus. One thing happen a day. If you want a bigger return, put more money behind the bet because you're way more secure in it, right? You're not just fucking guessing on it, right? That's not what I do. It's not what we do at fantasyguru.com. We're not just willy-nilly guessing. I think the Padres will beat the Twins. Uh... So those are some tips for anybody struggling and betting. Again, reach out in the Discord, at Jeff Manns, at Jeff underscore Manns on Twitter. Happy to help each and every one of you, whether you're a su subscriber or not. It's important. Last thing I want to see is anybody going broke from sports betting. It's supposed to be fun. Supposed to be recreational and supposed to add to your supposed to be a side hustle. Add to your bank roll, add to your budget. Shouldn't be sucking it away. All right. Um, all right. NFL news. Uh we'll we'll spray around to the National Football League. A couple things. Schedule announcements coming out today. Well, it's Thursday. If you're listening to this, they we got wind of some of the early games. There's two Frankfurt. Frankfurt, Germany fucking games are just dumb. Just a whole dumb thing with uh, Miami and the New York Jets. You know, uh, oh, no, that's the Black Friday game, right? There's uh, two games in Germany. There's the Black Friday, first ever Friday. Uh, it's a Friday after Thanksgiving. So basically, we're going to get three Thanksgiving day games. We're going to get, and then a fourth, we'll get the, the Friday game. And then we'll get, you know, full slate of Sunday. It's kind of cool. Something different, right? I don't know why they have to force Aaron Rodgers down our freaking throats, but it is what it is. What do you know, everybody? Uh, Jacksonville Jaguars, the London Jaguars are playing again in London against the Atlanta Falcons. Uh, they're actually playing two games in London. Jaguars are also playing against the Buffalo Bills. The Ravens and Titans also are in London. And then Germany gets Patrick Mahomes, Miami Dolphins versus Kansas City, and then the Colts and Patriots. Blah. Hey, here's a real good game, Miami-Kansas City, and here's a pig vomit game in Indianapolis, New England. That's your stupid international games, which I just don't like. I just don't like it at all and then they announced the chiefs will play the bengals on new year's eve uh week 17 of uh, the 2023 season obviously burrow mahomes hopefully it's not week 18 hopefully nobody's being rested by that day at all but that's an interesting uh good top caliber game to watch Right, Christmas Day, we get the Giants and Eagles. So we get Jalen Hurts on under our Christmas tree in 2023. Pretty cool 
uh, outright there. Anxious to see the rest of the schedule when it is released. By the time you're listening to us, it likely will be. If you listen to the Friday episode of Elite Sports on SiriusXM, if you're listening to us through the SXM app, you can do that. And we're going to talk about all of our favorite games through the schedule release there as well. Other notes around the National Football League, I think it's uh, fascinating. Foster Moreau is signed uh, to the New Orleans Saints. Three-year contract worth up to $12 million, $8 million guaranteed, which is surprising for Foster Moreau. Um, remember, he has Hodgkin's lymphoma. My father passed away from non-Hodgkin's lymphoma back in 1999. Uh, scary, real scary stuff, but appears as though the Saints are pretty optimistic that he'll finish treatment and be ready to go uh, at least this year or at least early on in the year. They said they've done all the medicals and everything. Remember, he played with Derek Carr in Las Vegas, and he's six foot seven. He's a big target. So what this does, the Moreau signing, really hurts Juwan Johnson. And Juwan Johnson, I was stunned when we did the post-NFL draft, fantasy football draft on Sirius XM uh, a week or two ago, that Juwan Johnson was, I think, the seventh tight end taken off the board. He was the eighth. He was, went in the seventh round, but he was the eighth tight end off the board. Only uh, Kelsey, of course, Mark Andrews, TJ Hawkinson, Kyle Pitts, Darren Waller, George Kittle, and Dallas Goddard went before Juwan Johnson. I think that's completely over with the Foster Moreau signing. I value Moreau over Johnson at this point. I don't want either of them. I'll take my arch nemesis, Cole Komet, or David Njoku. Or uh, uh, Chiggy Okonkwo. I'll take any of them. Fryer Muth, Dalton Schultz. I'll take all of them. All of them over the Saints tight ends. But notable, nevertheless, especially if you're getting yourself in some trouble with Juwan Johnson going early. Uh, other news, the, the schedule came out. We, we hit that. We have um, Kyle Trask, Baker Mayfield. They are supposedly com- going to compete, get even reds reps during uh, summer camp, during OTAs, during training camp, that they have equal chance to be the starting quarterback for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Notable mostly because Chris Godwin, Mike Evans. Mike Evans is another guy who's just sunk into the earth. I got him in that post-draft draft. It was super duper late. It was the sixth round. Mike Evans was wide receiver 32 off the board. The end, 10th pick of the sixth round in a 12-team full-point PPR draft. Crazy. So with that in mind, I mean, I think I'm hoping Baker Mayfield wins that job. Although we'll see. Kyle Trask, intriguing prospect. He's learned under Brady the last couple of years, or last year, I should say you know, may the best guy win, but get the ball to Mike Evans if you're smart. Either one of them. All right, let's dive in to, I want to go, I want to do some dynasty fantasy football conversation. I want to talk a little bit about the strategies and how you should be handling your rookie draft specifically this year. Real quick, for redraft, dynasty fantasy football, like if, what I mean by redraft, I mean startup draft. Startup draft, 
don't get crazy. This is where you could complete the, the reason there's so many orphaned teams around, especially in the high stakes community of dynasty fantasy football is because people don't know how to handle themselves during the startup draft. Everyone flocks to the young rookies. Rookies have a 31% chance of doing fucking anything. I mean, anything. We're not talking all pro, all world, anything, being any kind of productive player. They don't make good, ruly round draft picks in the startup dynasty. Don't take those chances. There's a ton of solidified star caliber fantasy football players. Build your team like you normally would. Right? Just don't get over your skis on it. All right? I mean, in certain situations, uh, I don't even know. Like, there's not a single quarterback that's really worth their salt. That Kirk Cousins, I guess? Uh, okay. Stay away from Cousins. I think guys like Derrick Henry and Austin Eckler and Dalvin Cook, you kind of stay away from them for a while in a dynasty startup because they may have one more season left, but that might be it. So those type of players, you draft a little bit later than you normally would in a one-season draft. But that doesn't mean you got to go out and get Israel Abanacanda, one of my favorite guys drafted by the Jets. Draft him if you draft Brees Hall early. That's what I would do. Handcuff that right on up. But you don't need to go out and make any big waves. You don't need to do anything different. We skew young anyway. Regular redraft fantasy football, we always are trying to get the young players. Think of Tom Brady the last few years, even though he's productive and he had all those weapons and he put up good numbers. Nobody wanted him. We were were drafting him outside the top 10, outside the top 12 at quarterback. We we all know, even though it's a one year in a redraft league, we're bored of that. We don't want that. We skew young all the time. So that's number one. That's a startup draft. Okay. And a rookie draft, as we sit in 2023, I'll say this. I said this on the air before, and I'm going to say it again. That 1.1 pick is the most valuable rookie pick or dynasty league rookie draft pick that we've had in a decade, maybe longer. That is huge. B. John Robinson. B. John Robinson is the number two, I'm sorry, number three overall player in fantasy football this year, according to me over at fantasyguru.com. Any league in which you're getting B. John Robinson in the middle or late first round, trust me, ladies and gentlemen, trust me when I promise you, by August, that will not be the case. This guy will most likely be the number one overall pick by then. If not, he'll be close second. He ain't dra- He ain't falling farther than third in any draft. Or very, 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 very few drafts. So... That is rare that a guy is before he's taken a single NFL snap that he's that highly sought after, but he landed in the perfect spot. He's the perfect prospect at the perfect position on the perfect team. Sometimes that happens. And guess what? This year, there's none of that. There's very, very few of those type of hits. Jameer Gibbs, I've talked about him. He'll be okay. He's my number two overall rookie Drafts, he'd be my 1.2 pick. All right. But let me talk about that 1.1. That is a monster 
of an asset. If you traded for this last year, if you traded for that and you end up getting that pick, that's an absolute like amaze balls type of situation. Amaze balls type of boom that you just got. You know? That I mean that's just wild to me. Um the one point I would trade my entire draft for the one point one for the for the B. John Robinson. Every pick. Easily. Do the old Mike Dicka thing. I said that on Sirius last week, and I'll say it here. The 1.1 is worth every single other selection you would make. Even if your rookie draft goes 10 rounds, normally it's about six. Anywhere from five to eight is normal. If it goes all the way, I don't care. Every pick. There's nobody else in the draft that you're going to get that comes remotely close to B. John Robinson. Now, Understand what I said. I said there's nobody close to him in value because there's not. Three years down the road, it's going to be very easy to say, oh, well, you could have got a Roshan Johnson in the second round. And, you know, he's outproduced Bijan in his first three years, or he's been very close, and that's a better. Yeah, you're always going to be able to do it. But there's no obvious ones here. None of the great players, none of the top prospects fell into a highly advantageous spot. The only one is B. John Robinson. And you could argue Jameer Gibbs because Detroit has such a boner for them that for him, they gave DeAndre Swift away for free to the fucking kings of the NFC and the Philadelphia Eagles. One of the dumbest trades ever. Detroit's just stupid. Trade TJ Hawkinson to a fellow NFC rival, fellow division rival, then trade DeAndre Swift for a bucket of balls to a conference rival. What idiots. Nevertheless, it's worth every single penny. So that's how I would work it. Now, if I, so I would make that trade. If I had the 1.1 and I'm in rebuild mode, would I trade it for every other pick or some teams five, six, seven, eight picks in the draft? No. No, I would not. It's too much garbage. This is a very thin class. Every year we get a new class of players and new class of rookies and where their value. The same amount will hit whether we liked them before or not. Problem is this is a completely and utterly random exercise. You, the normal analyst and fantasy analyst and dynasty analyst it's going to tell you all the players that were drafted early will be the ones that succeed and all the ones drafted late won't it's never the case we know this shit we've been alive here on mother earth for plenty of time we know that's bullshit we know the first rounders are going to bust probably anthony richardson probably jameer gibbs will never live up to it right i mean jordan addison come on these could bust really, really easily. Meanwhile, we can get some you know, Justin Shorter or Jaden Reed or Trey Palmer. These guys land in decent situations could easily be more valuable assets. But it's that lack of knowing that says, fuck it, you get them late. This is why you have to do all your research. It's why you have to have your guys, your rookies, that you land in great spots. 
Don't be attached to the prospect either or the scouting report or any of that. Only if it matches what team he went to and he's surrounded by other talent. Then it's a great situation. You know, in my rankings, I talked about it last week, that I had uh, Quentin Johnston a lot higher than I thought I was going to have. I had, um, uh, who was the other guy that I I had a lot higher than I thought I was going to have? Oh, well, Rasheed Rice. He's my number three overall rookie this year. It's because he's with he's going to play with Patrick Mahomes his first three, four years. It's a monster asset. Who the fuck else are you going to find that has that kind of upside? Listen, I like Jay, Jalen Hyatt landed in a good spot, and he probably has a cleaner path to production and even premium production because how star, starved the New York Giants are for outside speed help. So I think Jalen Hyatt will walk into a pretty nice situation, but he doesn't have the ceiling near Rasheed Rice. And Quentin Johnston, despite all his problems, not a hands catcher, has to have his body catching it, but he's got Justin Herbert that he'll be with the next four years. Pretty freaking good. You get that kind of, those kind of players, that caliber player in that scene, in that setup, and you have greatness, potential greatness. You've got a great dynasty selection especially when you don't have to spend a first or maybe second round selection on some of those guys. All right. Um, There is, I would also do this. I'll tell you something else in dynasty. I would do, if I don't get 1.1 and if there's not an obvious need, like if you need a quarterback, Anthony Richardson, if you feeling frisky, otherwise CJ Stroud, not bad, nothing not going to kill you not going to I don't think it's going to make your entire world either but and Jameer Gibbs is fine if you need a running back he's he'll be usable in year one and we'll see where it goes but Johnston and Rashi Rice as I talked to like those are solid guys if you need more immediate help Jalen Hyatt Jordan Addison all these kind of work but I'll tell you the way I would handle this is look give an honest assessment of your roster I would one of two things. Number one, if you are, if your team is above average, like playoff cusp through championship level caliber, I would trade my picks this year. Again, try to trade them all for Bijan. Maybe throw in a player or two. Fuck it. Do whatever you can. Or sell off some of those picks for whatever you can. And by the way, so, oh, sell some of those picks. For players, usable players, players that have moved up in stature or status, right? Players that others don't see yet. They don't realize that they're in good situations. Maybe a Miles Sanders who landed in Carolina, which is a good spot. Or DeAndre Hopkins who going to stay in Arizona. So, and their defense stinks, so should be throwing a lot. You know what I mean? Like somebody like that, that makes a lot of sense. If you're a competitive team, if you're above average or better, go for the throat. Use your draft capital to acquire players that are more impactful. Go for it. Close the deal. Got to learn to close, man. Biggest thing at Dynasty Leagues is the folks that are perpetually rebuilding. 
You fall in love with the rebuild, 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 and it's all you're consumed with. And unless everything turns out perfect, you're you're just keep selling off and selling off and selling off and mortgaging the future. Eventually, that shit catches up to you, and it's been a decade, and you haven't won. You haven't won dick. So trade those picks, use them for overlooked, underutilized or undervalued players, right? Go go get those types. That's what we should, you should want to do. So you should be looking to do, right? I'll, if you want me to identify some, I mean, Pacheco's getting overlooked in my opinion. I think that um, uh, Najee Harris is being overlooked as well. I think Damian Pierce was being widely undervalued, Um uh, A.J. Dillon, Khalil Herbert, some at the running back position at wide receiver. I think Keenan Allen's being widely undervalued. I think Hopkins as well, Drake London as well, Mike Evans as well. Take a shot in Kadarius Toney, absolutely. Especially if you can get Kadarius Toney and then draft Rasheed Rice in a later round. It's ideal. Perfect. That's exactly what I would try to do, Right? So try to make that work. Maybe a Traylon Burks, Paris Campbell in New York, take a take a flyer on him, but I think it'll work out. Uh, tight ends, Firemuth, Evan Ingram in Jacksonville. Darren Waller in New York is in- interesting. I just don't trust him. But, I mean, those are players that could help you close and f- polish off a championship. Or here's the other side. This draft class is kind of stinky, stanky. Fine. Trade this year's picks for next year's picks. Well, Jeff, you just said draft picks aren't worth the shit. Why would I start the clock back on it? Why would I why would I go and do any of that? Well, because next year's draft class is pretty fucking loaded. Obviously, a million things could change between now and then. But I will tell you the best player. The number one overall pick in the 2024 NFL draft will be Drake May from North Carolina. Yes, he's going to go ahead of Caleb Williams. I think he'll go ahead of him. If he doesn't, he should. And Caleb's great. I don't have anything negative to say about Caleb Williams. But it's also that Lincoln Riley offense that he gets to, to put those gaudy numbers up with. Either way, those two quarterbacks are just absolutely insane. Quinn Ewers at Texas, like fantastic. Another one that may be drafted very, very high. You know? So, like, those are some, and but it goes beyond just the quarterbacks, right? It goes beyond that. Blake Corum. I mean, you think B. John Robinson's a stud. Blake Corum, I was arguably the best running back college football last year. It wasn't draft eligible, though. Right? Just an absolute beast to bring down and a true, tried and true stud running back. Rocket Raheem Sanders from Arkansas. Guy is a a home run hitter in the backfield for the Arkansas Razorbacks. He's those are very interesting and intriguing prospects. 
right? Braylon Allen of Wisconsin, another like durable Jonathan Taylor type running back to come out of there. Then we got the true player that might be the number one pick Marvin Harrison Jr. at wide receiver, like holy balls of fuck, man. Both the Ohio State receivers outside, um, Egbuka, Amika Egbuka, absolute studs, but Harrison Jr. would be the prize of that for sure. Marvin Harrison Jr. might be the number one pick. He might go ahead of fucking wide receivers, depending who gets the pick. Bet you if the Chicago Bears get first pick again, that's the move they would make. So you got some studs, some absolute ballers. Now, obviously, a lot changes. Some of these names will look like shit a year from now. Some of some others will pop up into the fold. But you do have some real blue chippers next year, and that's why I'm willing to make that sacrifice and, and mortgage that on to next year. All right? So there you go. Let's get into some of the um, my secret sauce, if you will. I got to some of the rankings. I got to some of the rankings last week on this episode, on this podcast, and we'll get into some more here. I'll tell you a player that I'm very high on. I have him 13th in my dynasty rankings, my rookie rankings over at fantasyguru.com, and that's Zach Evans. Zach Evans falling to the LA Rams. I think Zach Evans is the starting running back for the LA Rams in week one. I cannot believe, seriously cannot believe the amount of people that think that that are just assuming that Cam Akers, who the Rams tried to cut and get rid of, that he's all of a sudden just back to being their guy. They gave up on the season. They didn't give a shit about Cam Akers. The Rams had any more draft capital, they would have brought in more of a, a veteran type. They still might, by the way. Tyron Williams is still there and is going to eat into it. But I think Zach Evans. Zach Evans is a very interesting prospect. Fell, I think he went in the fifth round of this draft. But I'm very, I was very surprised he had fallen that fast. He's got, he's got good size, right? He's got good size for the running back. Got good hands. He's a three-down type of guy, right? Got the explosiveness to get to the next level. Rams also upgraded their offensive line. They needed it. They'll get two starters back this year as well. So I like, I really love it. I think Zach Evans is a guy that's going to go into training camp, and you're going to put him next to Cam Akers, and it's going to be like, the, the rookie's got you, boss. The rookie's got you. I think he starts in week one. So I'm very high on Zach Evans. Another guy that I really like is Chase Brown, another running back. You know, I'm amazed that folks will, everyone thought Joe Mixon was down and out and was basically gone uh, from Cincinnati and that he would be either arrested and all this stuff that's going on with him. And there's actually, he's definitely not out of the woods completely yet. But when the Bengals used the fifth round pick 
on a highly regarded running back out of Illinois, Chase Brown, four four three, forty inch vertical, great athlete. Right, it's a a guy who's a work. He's built like a workhorse back. Illinois used the ever loving shit out of him. Right, nine consecutive hundred yard outings. It's a workhorse. Guy's gonna show up every day. I'm sixteenth in my rankings, and that's why I'll give up other late picks. I don't give a shit. I don't care about the first round. Who's the first round? Nobody knows. It's just a crapshoot. But Evans and Chase Brown, two guys that I'm very intrigued by. Jonathan Mingo, Carolina Panthers. Mingo is just a physical freak. And as much as I hate that he went to Carolina, because Carolina is super loaded wide receiver. I don't know why they need all those receivers. Well, I wish they would have traded Terrace Marshall Jr. to Chicago, even instead of DJ Moore, because Marshall deserves a chance. But with DJ Chark signing and Thielen there, and LaVisca Chenault there, and Terrace Marshall there. Now you draft Jonathan Mingo in the second round. It's like, holy shit. They're overloaded with wideouts. And there's also the opportunity. I don't like rookie quarterbacks for fantasy football. And I'm not even certain Bryce Young starts in week one. They brought in Andy Dalton. But either way, it'll be Bryce Young eventually. Maybe that's the relationship. Maybe an undersized, smallish quarterback will throw the ball up. Saw Russell Wilson to DK Metcalf. Mingo was built like Metcalf. Big and strong. Thick wide receiver. So I like him. Uh, other sleepers, A.T. Perry for New Orleans. I, this is one of my favorite times of the year. Combing over the uh, the rosters for all 32 NFL teams. And just seeing, like, okay, A.T. Perry guy, like, big, another big, strong, wide receiver. Somebody with size that is a matchup nightmare. And you put him in New Orleans with Derek Carr. It's like, okay. Like, all right, we may have something here. And I don't know what will happen with Michael Thomas. I don't think anything. I do not believe in Michael Thomas. Sam, I am. I do believe in Chris Olave. They go. Like, Chris Olave will be the easy alpha there, but I like how A.T. Perry fits. He's got a nice, clear pathway to production, right? So you know, I think that's a good fit on that turf in that offense for the New Orleans Saints. Other players I like, uh, Sam Laporta goes to Detroit. I, why do they trade one Iowa Hawkeye to a division rival then go draft another Iowa Hawkeye who's a clearly lesser player? I don't know. But Laporta's the only game in town in Detroit as far as the tight end's concerned. If you want to get deeper than that, um, Puka Nakowa, also of the LA Rams. Wide receiver, though. Puka is a nice player and a guy that I was pretty surprised was drafted in the fifth round, if I'm being honest. I, I thought for sure much more of the free agent wide receiver type for Puka, but the fit in Sean McVay's offense cannot go unseen or unnoticed, right? Like this is a, a guy who I don't want to say he fits exactly the, uh, the, the bio, if you will, um, of a guy like Cooper cup, taller, 
little bit more physical slot wide receiver, but runs super crisp routes, real polished route runner. Doesn't quite have top end speed, but is smart in coverage and reading coverage, right? Total athlete that they could give the ball and the jet sweeps that Sean McVay likes to do and things like that. Puka Nakoa. Nakoa. He is the guy that I'm very intrigued by here and another LA Rams. So Rams, you know, it's a good offense. Gotta just plug these guys in and see how they wind up. And if they are on the field, I mean better than Allen Robinson. I'll tell you that. Well, show us. He showed me more BYU than Allen Robinson showed me in Chicago or LA the last couple of years. Good luck, Pittsburgh Steelers, with uh, with your shares of Allen Robinson. So there you go. It's even a super sleeper for you guys in the dynasty fantasy football landscape. Let's talk about how the early rankings have come down. Probably won't have time to get into the whole thing right now. Um, let me go. Let me do this. I'll give you a top five at each position, and I'm going to go. I'll do the overall top 12 first round. How about that? And, again, get more of this over at fantasyguru.com. Draft guide a couple weeks away. It's going to be the biggest and the best draft guide ever. Trust me on that. The things we have planned. And I mean, we're already enacting them. They're already some a lot. I won't say live. They're not. They're uploaded. They're not active yet on the site, but they will be in a couple weeks. So get that VIP platinum right now, baby. Um, all right. Quarterbacks rather easy. Here's how it felt is fallen for me thus far. And I also talk about where I think there may be changes. I'm not going to go ahead of Patrick Mahomes. He was my number one quarterback last year. He'll be my number one quarterback next year. He's the number one quarterback in fantasy football. Doesn't offer the rushing upside of an Allen, a Hertz, uh, Justin Fields, or Lamar Jackson, but he's Patrick frickin' Mahomes. He's one. Jalen Hurts is two. Think that they did a good job getting more weapons. I think the DeAndre Swift acquisition, the more I've sunk my teeth into DeAndre Swift in Philadelphia, that's a spicy meatball. It's a good fit. Just a guy that could dump the ball off to, and he can make a lot of things happen. He doesn't have to carry a big workload. doesn't have to do any of that shit. They got him for a fourth-round pick. It's a brilliant move by a brilliant organization. Josh Allen, three. Allen's going to – the bloom is off to Josh Allen Rose a little bit. Like I, I've seen multiple – um in best balls – I've or uh, not best balls, but uh, multiple – industry league draft fantasy football industry league draft where he is Josh Allen's going as far as QB five behind burrow behind Lamar Jackson. People love Lamar Jackson. Mahomes that hurts too. I don't love Lamar Jackson like other people though. So you could have him. I have, I have Allen third burrow four, Herbert five. Yes. Fields, Lawrence, Lamar Jackson, Lamar Jackson's eighth. Prove to me you can stay healthy. Prove to me you still got the legs that you did three years ago. It's been three years since he's really used the legs in any kind of fashion. And then prove to me you can make it through at least most of a season, if not at least play in the fantasy fucking playoffs for us. 
and proved to me that you could stick in Todd Monken's offense, which is a new system entirely that is either going to expose him for being a weak passer or if he's effective at passing somehow to the outside, the hash marks, which I would be surprised by, it's going to limit his rushing ability. Either way, that's a net loss for Lamar Jackson. So I'm not in. At running back, um, number one running back for me is B. John Robinson. Yep, I said it. Everybody, I'm just ahead of people, that's all. Don't read too much into it. Don't worry much about it. Right now, people are still saying McCaffrey, but eventually... We're going to get into trading camp and people are going to go, oh, did you know that the 49ers don't have a quarterback? Oh, did you know that the uh, San Francisco 49ers lost yet another offensive lineman this offseason? Yeah, yeah, I did notice that. They keep losing linemen and Trent Williams ain't getting any younger. They have three inexperienced players playing on the entire right side. Jake Brendel, Spencer uh, Burford, and Colton McKivitz, fifth-round pick from a couple years ago. That's your starters. Offensive line is down. Quarterbacks are a huge question mark right now. Bijan over McCaffrey. That's where I have it. I do have McCaffrey second. I've got Jonathan Taylor third. I'm not expecting anything that we got two years ago out of Taylor. But I'm also not expecting a complete and utter failure either. He'll pick it up. You know, Jonathan Taylor started last season well. Started out okay. Then it fell apart. Four and a half yards per carry. Caught 28 balls and what amounted. He really only played nine games. Remember, he got hurt very early in two games. Hurt. Left out for whatever, however many weeks, came back, hurt again, out for the season. Like that's That was his, his year. So he'll be a workhorse. He'll be a three-down guy. He'll be a pass catcher. And I, I think Taylor is just fine. Now, we get once we get past Bijan and Chris McCaffrey – it's a good argument to have. Are any of these other running backs first round worthy? Any question? I'm number four running back right now. It's Saquon Barkley. Tell you, I wouldn't be opposed to moving Barkley ahead of Taylor. I also wouldn't be opposed to moving Barkley all the way down to possibly seven or even as far down as nine or 10, depending on how this holdout goes with him and the, the Giants. Right? put a franchise tag on him, gave Daniel Jones the long-term deal. That's not something that Saquon liked, right? Saquon Barkley did not like his representatives, did not like that. So, um, you know, turned down a deal with the Giants, so they had to tag him. So now he's really threatened to hold out, and that could get ugly. Drafted a running back, I think Eric Gray from Texas, if I'm not mistaken, the running back that the Giants took. And we got a long way to go to the start of the season, but those are some things you need to look at. I have Nick Chubb five. The threat of Kareem Hunt is gone. More pass catch opportunities for Nick Chubb. He's one of, if not the best running back in the league from a pure talent standpoint. 
starting to get there in age, starting. Yeah, this is the last big Nick Chubb year. Next year, he'll I'll have the caution light on him. No matter what happens this year, if he runs for 1,600 yards or if he breaks down this year, it'll be caution light for him. So those are my top five running backs, top five wide receivers. First two are the simplest, and they're pretty much the top two overall picks in most drafts, at least in most best ball drafts that I've seen, um, by the way. Um, and that's, I have Jamar Chase one, Justin Jefferson two. Could argue Jefferson's going ahead of Chase in drafts. Most people have that. I thought I was going to as well. But when you break it down, there's a little bit of nervousness with me. Minnesota drafted another quarterback. The late season fallout. The complete and utter disappearance of Justin Jefferson down the stretch during the fantasy football playoffs. The lack of any formidable Receiver on the other side. KJ Osborne, fuck off. Jordan Addison, fuck off twice. No, on both. I don't like what's I don't like the coverage he's about to see. But again, he's Justin Jefferson, benefits of all doubts, but I can't put him ahead of Jamar Chase. I just don't have the ammunition to do it. So it's Chase one, Jefferson two, Cooper Cup three. Cooper Cup couldn't could wind up being a sneaky little play. Now, I thought he would be lower on people's boards. On underdog fantasy right now, he is going as the sixth pick overall, which stunning to me. That's a lot higher. In the SiriusXM host league draft that I did a, uh, a week ago, he was the ninth pick. Still third wide receiver off the board. So... It's good that people are realizing, oh, Stafford's going to be back. He's going to be back. He's, you know, healthy, Cooper Cup. It's going to be something else, right? It's going to be something else. So that that's where I have uh, the top three. Tyree Kill, four. Devontae Adams, five. I'm not in love with either one of them. I fell in love with Tyreek in Miami last year. Didn't like him at this time last year. Then, as the podcast told you, I started digging the Dolphins, and it was a hella good thing that I did because it was huge for me. But I like it. He's starting to get older. Speed will calm down. It starts to break down. He had a lot of games where he was out because of cramps in the heat in Miami. You got to watch out for that early in the season. And then Adams, even though it's Jimmy Garoppolo, Jimmy should be able to get the ball to Devontae Adams. Is it going to be as good as Aaron Rodgers' days or even last year with Derek Carr? Uh, shouldn't be that big of a drop from last year. So I have him fifth. Uh, well, tight end's pretty easy, right? Kelsey won the two is George Kittle. I think both quarterbacks profile very, very well for Kittle. We remember what Brock Purdy did down the stretch with the 49ers, the kind of numbers George Kittle was putting up at the end of last year. Brock Purdy would be great, but I think Trey Lance is also a fine option for George Kittle, a nice fallback option. 
Sam Darnold always likes tight ends too. So pretty protected. Kittle's biggest problem is can he ever stay healthy? It's a million-dollar question. Hawkinson at three could be one of the best steals in drafts this year. I just got through saying I don't believe in K.J. Osborne. I don't believe in Jordan Addison. All the attention in the universe is going to be on Justin Jefferson. That T.J. Hawkinson was a monster for Kirk Cousins of that offense last year. So I got him three, Dallas Goddard four, Kyle Pitts five. Yeah, no Mark Andrews. Mark Andrews is sixth. New offense, folks. Get used to it. You guys are all overdrafting Mark Andrews. Like you're overdrafting him considerably, quite honestly. So a little bit too much. As far as how does it all come together right now, my rankings, fantasyguru.com. My top overall pick is Jamar Chase. I have the receivers over the running backs right now. I like two and two, like Chuck Woolery. Jamar Chase one, Justin Jefferson two. If you wanted to invert them, no problem. I don't have any issue. In fact, I don't really have an issue with any of the top five going number one overall. Dealer's choice. But I do prefer Chase, then Jefferson, then B. John Robinson third. I do have Christian McCaffrey fourth and Cooper Cup fifth. I don't have a problem with any of those. Travis Kelsey, sixth. Right there is where I think the tier drops off. I think the top six, wind up with one of those six in the first round, you're winning so far. Don't screw it up. That's what I would tell you. The second half of the first round right now, or my second six, that's where we start getting into a lot of, of differences and we start getting into some potential landmines and problems. So again, my top six, Jamar Chase, Justin Jefferson, Bijan Robinson, Christian McCaffrey, Cooper Cup, Travis Kelsey. ADP right now has Jefferson one, Chase two. Okay, McCaffrey three. They're missing Bijan. Bijan's not going to seven. McCaffrey third, Tyree Kill fourth, Cooper Cup fifth, and Travis Kelsey sixth. We got Kelsey on. So swap out B. John Robinson essentially for Tyree Kill. Uh, I got to tell you, you guys are going to want to do that. You definitely are going to want to do that. My seventh overall is Jonathan Taylor. Saquon Barkley, eight. Uh-oh, running back run. Now we're back. Tyree Kill, nine. Devontae Adams, 10. Stephon Diggs, 11. And Nick Chubb, 12. Was that give me five running backs in that first round? Five running backs, six wide receivers in the tight end. Chase Jefferson, Bijan Robinson, Christian McCaffrey, Cooper Cup, Travis Kelsey, Jonathan Taylor, Saquon Barkley, Tyree Kill, Devontae Adams, Stefan Diggs, and Nick Chubb. Surprises that are outside. Well, let's compare it to ADP, which, by the way, I'm doing for the first time live on this podcast. Jefferson, Chase, McCaffrey, top three. Tyreek, I'm a little lower. They're a little higher. Cooper Cup, right on. Travis Kelsey, right on. Bijan, I'm a little higher. They're a little lower. Stephon Diggs, okay, uh, going eighth. I had Diggs 11th, not bad. A.J. Brown. Now, I have A.J. Brown 15th. It's going ninth right now. Devontae Adams is going 10th. I, of course, had Devontae Adams 10th, so that's uh, an equal there. Austin Eckler, and there we go, folks. That That is it. Austin Eckler going 11th. That's what I like to see. Why do I like to see it? Because it's a terrible fucking pick. 
Eckler is 20th overall on my board, and I'd move him down lower. I, I could see myself putting other players ahead of him. Like, I, I have no problem drafting Patrick Mahomes ahead of Austin Eckler. Debo Samuel ahead of Austin Eckler. It's not the same system. Offensive coach, the coach is gone. Right? Kellen Moore likes to throw a lot more. Not to the running backs. Receptions are going to go down for Austin Eckler. And that's going to lead to a lot less fantasy points. And he's older, banged up all the time, had to be rested a lot the last couple of years. We got away with some. I told you that two years ago. Kind of got away with a lot with Eckler. And then he, he, did, he repeated it. That shit ain't going to fly a third time. So, yeah, I thought that. Little high there in the twelfth of CD Lamb. I like CD Lamb, but where's CD Lamb? He's 14th on my board. Outside, they have Jonathan Taylor outside uh of my board. They have Saquon Barkley outside of the top 12 comfortably on my board. Nick Chubb way down there. Nick Chubb, 20th overall. You get Nick Chubb in the middle of or end of the second round, and you're winning your fantasy league. Period. End of discussion. No Kareem Hunt. He's not there anymore. So there you go. All right. For more of that, check out fantasyguru.com. Dynasty. We have dynasty rankings, projections. We have 2024 NFL mock drafts ready to go. We've got player profiles on all the rookies for this year's class in the National Football League. We've got rookie rankings for our entire staff. Me, Armando Marcel, Tyler Beaker, Russell Clay. It's all there, fantasyguru.com. We always are talking football, USFL coverage in full effect. Jorge Pucks and our guy Mark Hogan taking the reins on the USFL for us as well over there. Daily Fantasy Baseball, NBA, NHL, PGA, NASCAR. We do it all. Get over there at fantasyguru.com and find it. Folks, get that platinum so you don't have to tell me what package do I get. It's going to do it. That's it for this episode. Nice, solid hour. Love talking a lot of football with you guys as well. If you've got NBA, you got MLB topics you want me to hit, hit me up. Ask me questions about this episode or any others at Jeff underscore Mans on Twitter. The Jeff Mans, all one word everywhere else. Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat, and on TikTok. Episode 155 is in the books, ladies and gentlemen. You may uh, disagree with some or every damn thing that you heard on today's program and folks perfectly okay to do that you know why of course you know why because it's just one man's opinion we'll see you next time everybody do so